Hi, everybody. This is UFC flyweight Miranda Fear the Maverick, and you're listening to me on Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host today, Justin Williams. And if you've noticed, I've been kind of MIA recently. Not that I don't love you guys, it's just that night shift is a bitch. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyways, I'm not alone today. As you know, I'm paired up with my right-hand man, the one that makes me sound good, the one that does all the kind of behind-the-scenes and writes everything NFT-related regarding the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't also checked out our newest article on Pro Sports Podcasters' website, please do. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Colbert Durant. Kobe, how you doing? Doing solid, buddy. I'm doing solid. Looking forward to this one. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So... The one thing about this, first off, it's a Canadian boy, and we love that. We always love having our Canadian content online. It's great. Second, fought in the UFC, is fighting in the UFC, and won. And he's also just on an impressive win streak, but we'll get more into that later. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chad Helliger. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, not too much, not too much. Just struggling with last names as usual, but that's just my MO. Everyone who listens to the show understands that. I tend to bring that out of people for sure, so it's uh, very, pretty common in my in my life too. <laughs> we love that. Well, you also tend to bring out uh, losses in people. My God, I'm looking at your record from just two and five to twelve and five, guy. Just off the bat, everyone's going to wonder this: what changed? What happened? You know, it's uh, it's actually a very obvious one. Uh, I switched gyms. So I was at one gym for the first half of my career and, you know, nothing against where I was and the people were great and I was training hard, but I wasn't getting the results that I thought I could get. And basically when I went two and five, I'd lost three in a row and I was kind of really down and out and needed to change it up. And I went to a new gym at Champions Creed with a new head coach, Brian Bird. And since then we've been 10 and 0. I mean, the proof is right there. Uh huh. Switching gym has completely rejuvenated my career, uh, turned it around as positively as humanly possible, really. So, yeah, that was a that was the whole catalyst was changing gyms. Obviously, other things came with it. You know, I started to build more confidence and I could build off of that confidence and and it kind of had the snowball effect. But um, a new gym, fresh look. I was still working hard like I always do, but uh, the new gym definitely got me going the right direction. Yo, we love to see these Cinderella comeback stories. I've actually never seen one like this before on this show. I don't know if Kobe has, but uh, this is this is extremely impressive to me. With your new gym, you're ten and zero. I don't even think you remember what losing feels like, and hopefully, you never know that feeling again. Yeah, it's like a. It's honestly, it's like two different people completely. Like I just, I don't even relate to the Chad that uh, was in the first half of my career. I, I don't even know what that was like anymore. It's been so far removed that the, the, all the things and fears and, and mistakes I used to make just don't even feel like they were the same person. That, that's so far behind me now. I feel like what you should do is you should run it back, all those losses. Just be like, yo, uh, Noah, Mike, and Rick, let's, uh, let's settle this one time. 
<laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to in all cases, except for Noah. He's my training partner now. We're good <laughs> buddies. Um, he's one of the reasons I actually switched gyms because he was from the gym I'm at currently and came in and whooped my butt in a fight. And then I met him later on in a grappling tournament. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this one back. And then he busted my ankle in the grappling tournament, kicked my butt again. I was like, okay, I'm coming to join you guys. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, we're good buddies and training partners now. But the rest of them, they got to make it to the UFC first, but they could get it too. Oh, <laughs> that trash talk. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So your first fight in the UFC came at the age of 35. You've been fighting professional fights since 2010. Was there at any point you were considering throwing in the towel, calling it quits? Not really. No, everybody kind of asked me about that. And, you know, was I ever battling about wanting to quit? It's never gotten even close to my mind yet. I'm always kind of looking up at the next step. I'm always looking forward. I, um, yeah, it's never really even crossed my mind yet, which is surprisingly, I mean, I, I definitely, there's benefits to being younger in this game for sure. But I've been pretty fortunate. I train smart and I've training for a long time is hard on you, but I also gain a lot of experience so that I'm preparing better and better. So I'm just preparing a lot more smarter and it, and it suits my, my age and the, and the miles I have in my body. So I'm just still getting better. I mean, I just, there's no, there's no reason to even think about stopping yet. Did you have a full camp against Jesse Strader? Yep, I did. I had a lot of notice. It didn't go great though. Literally um, like week one or week two of my training camp, I tore the meniscus in my knee and it was nothing major. You know, anybody that knows much about knees and meniscus, like uh, a lot of athletes deal with it. So I'm not trying to like, you know, look at me. I, I fought the torn meniscus. Lots of guys do, but it happened like right away. And I was, I really liked the matchup and I've only ever pulled out of one fight my whole career. And I just, the UFC, it's my debut. I just could not have pulling out associated to my name. I just was not going to have it. So I just taped that knee up for, for another two months, trained, trained on it the best I could. And then went in there and fought. Okay. First of all, it's gotta be said that was an awesome fight. Absolutely awesome. That was a war. You get the finish, and then on top of that, UFC goes ahead with Dapper Labs, and they mint it as an NFT. Was that something you even considered? I was totally, totally caught off guard with the NFT. It was really, really cool because I've been following the UFC strike a bit, and uh, I thought it was a really cool thing on its own before I was you know, part of it at all. And I had no idea until somebody just tagged me on Twitter that they got my NFT. I'm like, what? And I clicked on it and I started looking <laughs> in. I was like, holy shit. And then I text my manager right away. I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on with this, but it looks like they, they made an NFT of my fight. And all he just wrote back is like, well, that's awesome news for you. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty much it. Um, I was pretty pretty caught off guard, but in, a, in an awesome way. Yeah, that's a permanent ad for you. And mm -hmm. I mean, that stamps your... <laughs> your connection to the UFC for sure. And as far as I know, you, you do make a residual off it, correct? Yep. Yep. We do. We get, uh, you know, and I still don't even fully know all the ins and outs of how it works through the UFC, but you know, we get a good check just for having one made. And then, um, yeah, it's like an ongoing thing as it gets bought and sold and traded and all this good stuff. Uh, we continue to see the benefits of it. So it, it, it's awesome. Like there's just, there's nothing better. I mean, it was, uh, I, I was pretty pumped. Yeah, I collect UFC Strike. I, I speak on it. I comment on it with, you know, all of our fans and such. I have your NFT for sure because I got the full Series 0, Series 1 collection. Nice. So, something I'm looking at for you going forward. Do you have a full contract with UFC now? Yep. 
Yeah. So when I uh, when I won my contender series fight, I signed a four fight contract. So that straighter fight was the first of the four fights. Okay. And do you know when you're up next? No, uh, we haven't really set that up yet. I was actually uh, this knee. I, I really had to deal with that after my fight, and it's finally back to uh, where I feel really close to 100 percent, and I'm training real hard again. So uh, I'm actually just kind of the next couple of weeks going to start to wrap my head around uh, when I'll be getting back in there. Okay, nice. Okay, so actually a few things. How is that? Uh, okay, so for the contender series, right? First off, how'd you get into that? Like, was there a like? I don't know how this works in the regional scene. Is it like a memo goes out and it's like a, like tryout? Like, how does that work? It, it's all through your management. So I, I'm I'm a sucker punch management. They're one of the biggest athlete management companies out there. So they've got you know dozens and dozens of UFC guys already, and lots of uh, you know Bellator world uh, level guys. And I was lucky enough to get signed with them before I'd, I'd made it anywhere, even when I was just uh, regional, because that's how they do it. They kind of find guys up and coming and, and they sign them. So they reach out and the UFC reaches out to them saying, hey, we've got these opportunities, these weight classes, these dates. Who do you have? They send in and then they, the UFC kind of ch- does a little bit of background check, see if they like me and the matchup and blah, blah, blah. So they were trying to get me in for like two years straight. Like every opportunity that came up to like, Chad's ready, Chad's ready, get Chad, get Chad. And eventually one just finally took and uh, we were good to go. I actually was on the contender series the year prior, but I didn't get to fight um, only like a couple weeks out. Uh, COVID was really shutting down all the travel and I couldn't get visas and stuff. So I wasn't able to go. And then I had to wait a whole other year, and then I got the opportunity again. So, yeah, it took a while, but you, your management takes care of that stuff. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like I got the UFC's phone number and can just call them up. So, I mean, that'd be kind of cool if you did. Not going to lie. <laughs> well, now that I'm signed, I guess I do. But uh, before that, you definitely don't. Well, I was going to say, you could definitely have some type of way of connecting to, to Dana and, and everyone in there. Yeah. So when you were when you were at this event for UFC Fight Night, what was that like? Because it's like the pinnacle, right? So were you seeing people walk by and you're like, oh my God, I know that individual. Or you're just like kid in the candy store. Like what were your thoughts and emotions? Yeah, I mean, I was really lucky to do the contender fight before because it's actually done in the exact same arena. You, they use the same octagon. You know, I had a lot of the same announcers. You know, Dana's there. A lot of famous fighters are, are hanging out around these events too. So that helped, you know, take down the, the shock a bit. And then even before that, my teammate, Hakeem, I've been lucky enough to corner him a couple times at UFC events. So I've been in the back room, you know, cage side. I've been through the experience a few times, so it wasn't crazy overwhelming. And then, you know, when it's me, it's my turn. The fight, you just get into fight mentality, and it could be at a local bar. It could be the UFC, you know, world stage. It could be the parking lot. It's just like, it's just about fighting. You don't kind of get swept away with all the coolness of it till, till afterwards. Before the fight, you're not thinking about anything but the fight. Perfect. So you mentioned Hakeem. I assume that's Hakeem Dewadu. That's right. Yeah. Do you guys spar together? Yeah, for sure. Every weekend. And so how, how does that go? How, how tough is he? Well, I, I'm lucky enough to make it out alive. So that's, that's <laughs> all I'll really say about that. Hakeem is a world level and an absolute beast. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got to say there. You can use your imagination to how those rounds go. Yeah, I can imagine. No, he looks he looks awesome too. By the way, it looks like that gym is really coming up, which is nice to see as far as Canadian things go. Yeah, we got a whole state stable of young guys too, like our amateurs or our guys with just a couple pro fights. I mean, they're in there with me and Akeem every weekend, uh, giving us as, as much as we can handle and more. So it's only going to be more, and 
bigger names. And now that we've kind of kicked down the door uh, for the UFC from our gym, hopefully it kind of opens the floodgates because we got a lot of good guys that could that could be in there. Yeah, and it's been quite a while, but Dana expressed interest in coming back to Toronto and having a UFC here maybe in the fall. Would it be how awesome would it be to get a chance to actually fight in Canada? Yeah, you know, it's kind of both both sides. Of, I, I heard that too, and the timeline actually kind of lines up for me. And it, it probably there's a lot of likelihood that that would happen. But I spent my whole career fighting in Canada. I, I like I want to have some of the fun that comes with fighting with the international. <laughs> international um, you know fight promotion i want to go to africa china and i want to i want to do a lot of get all the cool experiences out of it but there's obviously cool experiences to a big ufc at home everybody cheering for you you know I, i'm i'm happy with anything i can get but it goes on both sides i'd love to get a canadian fight in and i'd also love to travel the world so hopefully i just keep winning and i get to do both now are you married yet uh no no i got a long-term girlfriend jenny though how tough is that as an aspiring professional fighter? Uh, it is extremely tough. Um, I would definitely, definitely not have my success if it wasn't for uh, for having such a strong support in uh, in Jenny. There, there's no question about it. Yeah, because like, how many hours a week do you spend training? Uh, I mean, I'm four or five hours a day every day, sometimes more. So, I mean, do the math on that. It's, it's a it's a full time job on top of. Uh, uh, on top of my full-time job, I'm, I'm already working. So, Yeah, man, that's that's commendable, buddy. It's impressive. I'm glad to see you kept to it and you're in the UFC. And to have a debut performance like you did, that's just awesome. That's one of the good feelings about performing well and, and, and accomplishing what I want to is because uh, I just I got so many people to give that back to. You know, like it really shows Jenny that all the, the hard late nights and, the, you know, our date nights consist of me laying on the couch with ice packs on me and... and <laughs> You know, a lot of that sacrifice, it just feels so good to give it to her and give the success back to her saying that, you know, we weren't, you weren't wasting your time on me. You know, I was, I was going to make it. Yeah, that's awesome, buddy. This episode is brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's most trusted sports book, home to thousands of betting options on hundreds of sporting events from all over the world. Futures, Moneyline Betting, and real-time live betting during games, Sports Interaction offers its customers the most competitive odds in Canada, as well as one of the safest, most secure sports betting sites in the country. Now back to the show. Okay, so a few things right now. I'm kind of just creeping your profile a little harder on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you're a Flames fan? Calgary Flames? You bet. Right, right. All right, cool. Uh, what do you feel about the playoffs this year? And like, I know it hasn't technically been decided yet, and whatever but uh you feeling comfortable with the flames yeah i'm excited man this is like one of the most exciting years uh for the flames in a long time a couple years ago we had a similar one though and we uh we kind of we did really shitty when we got to the playoffs and got beat out in the first round so i think everybody in calgary is a little uneasy you know we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but i feel like this is uh, the best chance we've had in a long time to, to win a cup buddy i'm a leafs fan i've had that <laughs> feeling for five years straight <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about I've been like, oh, cool, we're facing Colorado, a team that shouldn't actually be in the playoffs. Cool. Oh, we lost first round? What the <laughs> f***? Awesome. Yep. Cool. Montreal, we're up 3-1. Smash this. We're eliminated. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, though, I don't trust Toronto. Like, I have a very broken relationship with them that you can ask Kobe this. I bet against them. So I've made <laughs> so much money in the playoffs betting against the Leafs that I think it's time I cash in and hopefully they actually make it to the second round this year. You got to bet on your team, man. Come on. No, I'm. I'm no, not when you're a Leafs fan. You've been heartbroken. It hurts. <laughs> it's. I have commitment issues. Yeah, I hear you. There you go. 
So anyways, back to actual MMA now, which I mean, fighting and hockey, MMA, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, so with your newfound success as a UFC fighter and you are a staple of it and being a Canadian fighter in itself, has anybody like promotions reached out to you, whether it be Canadian, maybe Calgary Flames or any type of adventure? No, not, not a lot's going on yet. I've, I've got some of my, my local sponsors that, um, have been with me for a long time. I got, I got a really good physio team in, in Fortius that, that's been working with me ever since, I had my bad record, so they, they've helped kind of take me full circle. And I've got a local uh, food prep place called Dedicate. They're, they're new since my UFC, UFC success, but they want to get on board and, and help me reach the, the higher levels too. But uh, no, I, I haven't really got a chance to link up with, you know, we got the Stampeders here, the Flames here. We do lots of cool stuff in Alberta sports-wise, and there's only, you know, a handful of Canadian UFC fighters, but uh, we're just not as well known, I don't think yet. But I'm working on it. I'm trying to get those free flames tickets, but they're they're hesitant. Oh, of course. You uh, you're a Calgary Stan Peter fan too? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, how I ended up getting my uh, physio and uh, massage kind of sponsorship is uh, is through that those channels. They work with the Stan Peters, so I ended up running into a lot of those guys and 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 talking to a lot of them while we're in there getting treatment. So I ended up kind of becoming a fan that way. Ugh. <laughs> Kobe doesn't like the CFL, <laughs> which obviously is the more superior type of football. Oh, assuming that they had the talent, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a longer field, more players, bigger ball, less time to do things. On paper, it's a better it's a better sport. However, we just don't have the juiced up, jacked up athletes and corruption. But that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> you said you you mentioned you have a full time job. What what do you do? I'm legit working as a, uh, a service uh, shop manager at um, Bass Pro Tracker Boats. So I run our uh, our shop here for like boat service repairs, sales. I've been working in that industry for a long time, and they're really, really supportive for what I do and give me the time off I need and allow me to, to come to work with black eyes and stuff. So, uh, no, it's a it's a legit job that uh, it takes a lot from me as well. Okay, because I was wondering if you were because sometimes people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm an I'm a fighter, but I also I work uh, I work as like a medic. And I'm like, how the hell is that possible? Mm-hmm. But, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I want to ask you how how did you get into MMA? Did you start off as a in a dedicated martial art and then switch to mixed martial arts, or did you just pursue mixed martial arts from the beginning? Yeah, I'm kind of lucky. I'm one of the the first like, generation of fighters that just started training MMA. I did nothing else before. I didn't have wrestling or boxing or any kind of background. I just walked into an MMA gym and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I just kind of started from square one doing just straight MMA. And, and what inspired you to make that, that first entrance into MMA? You know, no, no one specific thing. I just, uh, I was athletic. I was competitive. I came from a really small town and we only had like 600 people. So uh, the only sport we have is hockey. And I played it until, you know, I, I basically aged out and, then I just, I still had something I wanted to do. I didn't really know what that was. And that's kind of what led me into um, my first MMA gym. I just was searching, you know, I didn't know what I wanted. And then, you know, right away from day one, I was just hooked. I, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And are there any particular fighters that inspired you at all? I mean, there's lots of great fighters out there. So I don't really have specific ones that I really look up to. Um, I really admire the highest level of fighting in, in all its forms, right? So all the guys that have done so well to bring the sport mainstream and the guys that fight and sell huge pay-per-views and they're the ones out there you know doing the work so that all of us have a a stage to fight on so uh i'm just a big fan of of elite level fighting and all the people that do it now you're in a really tough 
division. It's a brutal division right now when it comes right down to it. When you look at the like top 10 fighters in the UFC, are there any na- names that stand out to you that you would like to eventually fight? Yeah, I feel like there's a ton of great fights. I mean, the, I love that the not only is there a ton of talent in my division, but there's a lot of great fighters who put on exciting fights. So that, that's what gets me more excited than anything. It's not necessarily the names or the matchups. It's just somebody that wants to put on a great fight so that after that fight card's over, people remember our fight, you know, our fight, our names. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a ton of great ones out there. I mean, um, uh, Sean O'Malley's one. I know he's a, an exciting stylistic. I'd love to get in there with him. So hopefully I can keep banging up some wins so I can start hanging out with those guys and uh, getting some good fun fights in. And are you a fan of the sport as well as an athlete of it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm i watching as much as I can. I get excited. I get, you know, I, I still, uh, the fan in me comes out too. <laughs> okay. And... Pound for pound, who do you think is the best right now, number one? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard, but I, you got to go with Usman. I think he's just kind of walked through his division and, and been fairly untouched. You know, that that's really the best the best measuring stick. It's so hard because you don't know what type of guys people are facing. So records and, and, and win streaks and all that stuff don't mean a whole lot. But yeah. all you can really judge, judge by is uh, – how much somebody has been tested or not. And Usman has just walked through everybody. So I think he's the, the best pound for pound right now. Yeah. And I, I think he's kind of, he's in a good position right now in that he has a few guys coming up that he has yet to fight that legitimately deserve a shot at him. So he's in a good position where some of the other champions, they've kind of cleaned out their divisions and there isn't much going on there. Yeah. I mean, he's actually pretty lucky that it's working out the way it is the way yeah. some of these guys got some notoriety just, before the, you know they ended up getting matched up to fight them, like whether it was the Masvidal, Covington, those guys, just they had a way of drawing the attention. And then now he's got some younger guys coming up that have a lot of skill to back it up and are getting some attention that way. So he he's been lucky to move on from fighter to fighter and and still keep his fights, uh, you know, really highly touted. So. And how long have you been with your management group? Um, we got to be between three and four years, something like that. Okay, and was it a specific fight or a specific promotion that got you connected to them? It's actually kind of a funny, like, roundabout way. My current gym runs a used to run a program called Wimp to Warrior. It was like, uh, you know, somebody without experience would come in and train and get their first MMA fight. Long story short, the person who ran that came out to our gym because our gym was really successful with it, and he had really close ties with Sucker Punch. He used to work with them. Okay. And then he was out there and we were talking. I was like, hey, just so you know, I mean, I've won like at that time, I'd won like seven in a row. I was double champ in Canada. And he was like, oh, holy shit, who's your who's your management? I was like, well, I don't have any. Yeah. And he's like, well, let me get back to you. And then, you know, right from there, we ended up getting uh, signed. So uh, it, it's kind of funny how it worked out. I'm one of their only Canadian guys. I don't think they have very much going on in Canada, but it just kind of worked out that way. Right on. Right on, buddy. Right. So going back to the uh, fan and you kind of deal. When you watch a bantamweight fight, do you ever watch it a little more intently and think, oh, I could I could take him? Oh, yeah. If I was wearing a heart rate monitor, you, you'd be able to tell <laughs> when, is it, when it's a bantamweight fight and when it's not. I'm, I'm always on the lookout for those guys. And I look for who's exciting. I look for who uh, you know, I think is really tough. I look for who I think is really easy. You know, I'm, a, I'm just watching these guys like a hawk because uh, we're not friends. If, you're, if you weigh 135 pounds, we're not friends. Yeah, it's like, I respect you, but I also don't care for you kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with your style, which style do you prefer fighting against? 
Well, fighting against, I usually like guys that like to, uh, you know, a little bit more boxing, kickboxing, uh, stand-up style because it's exciting for the fans. I'm pretty comfortable in there, and, uh, yeah, I feel like I can just fight a stand-up fight for days and days and, and never get bored, never get tired, give the fans a great show. Perfect. And then is there any any style that you really don't enjoy? I'm assuming at this point it's wrestling. Yeah, and it's not even about not enjoying. I wrestle a lot, and I love grappling. You know, I've got a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. But, yeah, when the fight's on, the lights are on, you're on TV, uh, the fans got to feel you. they got to be excited. So if you can grapple in a way that is super exciting, and it does exist, if you can do that, then great. But a lot of guys are more, you know, just holding on, waiting for the round to be over, and, and that's, that's not what the fans want to see. So I'm a, I'm a fan-friendly fighter. A fan-friendly fighter. We love that for you. Sorry, another one. How'd you get your nickname, The Monster? You know, I don't really know. I, I got it like, this is like, I mean, years, years, years ago when I first started training, probably before I even had my first fight. It's just kind of like a teammate thing there. Everybody was calling me a monster. I was training like a monster. I was, you know, my sparring matches are like a monster. I just always had this, you know, hard-nosed mentality and I'd never quit. And it just kind of stuck from there. Yeah, I was going to say, because when we were looking up the monster, for some reason, I was thinking more like uh, like a heavyweight or light heavyweight, because that's typically what it's associated with. And I saw Bantam, and I was like, excuse me? And then I've seen your fights, and I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I just have the monster the monster mentality, for sure. I think I'm a heavyweight some days. <laughs> I'm heavyweight in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so before we wrap this up and let you go and back to your training, because clearly you've taken too much time away from that, between your phone calls and stuff. Have you ever had, and you're a Canadian boy, so I'm assuming you've had, have you ever had a poutine before? Of course. I, I got to check. Some some Canadians haven't. I've met one person from Vancouver who was like, a what? And I was like, this is why the rest of the country doesn't like you. Yeah, no doubt. We get, uh, Poutine is, uh, you can get it on every corner here in Calgary pretty much. I was going to say, I feel like what we should do is we should also have like a protein shake poutine edition. I don't know how that would taste, <laughs> but I'm down for it. I'm, if it, if it's in a poutine, it'll taste great. I can tell you already. <laughs> 100%. And a couple more things real quick. What is your poutine of choice or preference? You know, it's actually kind of cheesy because uh, <laughs> there's – yeah, I know. <laughs> pun. Um, but uh, the uh, Wendy's makes one. And it's like I don't even really eat fast food and I don't really care for anything else fast food or any other ones. But like they make one and it's just – it's like the one thing I crave if it's like late night and I want fast food, I want to go get like a Wendy's poutine. So there's so many better ones. Like we have legit poutine restaurants like on our on our main drags on 17th Ave and like people go crazy for them. But you'll catch me at the Wendy's. You know what? I respect that. And last but not least, before we head out, uh, I was going to say I used to work at New York Fries. So I kind of get it. That poutine is actually really oh, yeah. good. Like, there you go. Places. Uh, A&W actually makes a really good poutine too. Now they come to think about it. Yeah, man. Those places got it figured out, right? Right. Well, it's hard to mess up, but also you got to do it right. Yeah. But yeah, last true. but not least, how can our fans find you on social medias? Yeah, Instagram's the best one for me, the underscore monster underscore CA. So make sure you get me on Instagram. That's kind of where I keep all the, my latest content, fight news. And I'm doing my best at Twitter. I'm kind of getting going on it. So uh, I'm just chatting Helger on Twitter. So you can try and find me there too. But uh, I'm trying to up my Twitter game. So if you guys can help me out and follow me, I'd appreciate it. I was going to say, I just gave you a follow on both of those social medias. I noticed you're verified right on. on Twitter. How, how are you? How is your Twitter game terrible if you're verified on Twitter? Honestly, I don't know because I, I tried to do it on Instagram and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> but they, but uh, Twitter seemed to be easy, so I don't know. 
I must be doing something right. I don't know. Instagram's messed up like that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, keep on keeping on. Damn right. Yeah, right on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. Because on the website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.